Are you ready to dive into the powerful truth that the kingdom of heaven has for us? Let's join our host, Ruth Hendrickson, for Real Truth with Ruth as we dive into the Word of God. One of the things I often get asked about is having a consistent devotional life, or how do we sit at the feet of Jesus? And I want to be really honest, it's not always easy. At least for me, it hasn't always been easy. It's been lessons learned over the years that have have taught me, trained me, and equipped me to, to take that time, to set aside that time. So let's just pray right now before we even dive into this topic, because God has a way. He has a plan for each one of us. He invites us to sit at his feet. He longs for us to have that time that's dedicated to him each and every day. And at the same time, he longs for us to be working with him, talking with him, communicating him with him every moment of the day. So let's just pray. Heavenly Father, even as we enter into this time together, I pray that as we talk, that God, you would give each person a, a download directly from your throne room as to how that time looks, how it looks to sit at your feet, how it looks to establish that devotional time in the season that they're in right now. Because God, you are our yes and amen. You are with us through every single season of life. You're with us from the highest mountaintop to the deepest valley and everything in between. And God, you just long for relationship where we walk so closely to you. So Father, just open our ears to hear God, open our hearts to receive. Father, just give us that download that we need for this season, for this time, for this moment that sets our feet firmly on you and our focus to you, looking straight ahead to the glory and goodness of God. We just thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. So I thought I'd start by sharing with you a couple stories, just lessons learned over the years. So one that I think back to, it was Christmas time, and we had five little kids, and and we were going to have some company over, some friends over for Christmas dinner. And so, you know, I, I set the table, I get out the good dishes, I, I plan the meal, and Christmas Day rolls around. And I was there as the kids opened the gifts, but my mind was in the kitchen. And as they began to play with their gifts, I had to go out and cook. What I realized at the end of the day, and it just grieved me so much, is that I was busy that whole day, and I missed a moment in my kid's life, and that my priorities actually that day needed to change. And so we actually changed our whole tradition going forward, and that I got out the paper plates and the plastic spoons and the plastic cups, and I I would plan a meal that just needed to be heated up. I could throw in the oven and I could forget about it. Because although we wanted to eat together as a family, the priority needed to be was to sit with them and enjoy. So with that said, let's dive into Luke 10, beginning with verse 38. And this is a well-known story. It's Mary and Martha. And I love both of them. I can relate to both of them. I can relate to Martha a little easier, as you can tell from the story that I just told. But let's see what Scripture has to say. And let's look at how Scripture, these principles that we find in Scripture, we can also apply to our everyday life. So Scripture reads, As Jesus and the disciples continued on their journey, they came to a village where a woman welcomed Jesus into her home. Her name was Martha, and she had a sister named Mary. 
Mary sat down attentively before the master, absorbing every revelation he shared. But Martha became exasperated by finishing the numerous household chores in preparation for her guests. So she interrupted Jesus and said, Lord, don't you think it's unfair that my sister left me to do all the work by myself? You should tell her to get up and help me. The Lord answered her, Martha, my beloved Martha, why are you upset and troubled, pulled away by all these many distractions? Are they really that important? Mary has discovered the one thing most important by choosing to sit at my feet. She is undistracted, and I will not take that privilege from her. So I look at that, and in that culture, as in most cultures, if you have a guest in your home, it's very important to prepare. And honestly, that's what Martha was doing. It was Martha's home. She had a very important guest, and she was trying to make sure that there was the very best there. And in our cultures, many people, they expect that, and they feel honored with that. But when we are with the Lord, when we're talking about the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, when we're talking about Jesus, his desires for relationship. And then what we do flows out of that relationship. I think what he was saying is, Martha, I love you so much. And I love your heart that wants to get ready. I love your heart that wants to be prepared. But come and sit with me. And then we'll get the rest done. Let's do it together. But first, let's sit. And as I look at that, I think back to all my years on staff and I happen to be the one not only you know, on pastoral staff, I also tended to find myself in charge of some of the big events. Or honestly, I guess even on Sunday mornings, I'd be looking around. I wanted to make sure that everyone's needs were met, that everyone was taken care of. And there were times that I knew I had freedom from the Lord to do that. Like that was my assignment in that moment. But there were other times where he was saying, Ruth, just come sit on my feet. Just close your eyes. Just be with me. Just spend time with me. I want you to have that relationship with me. And there would be a fight that happened inside because there were so many people I needed to attend to. I was supposed to be there. I was paid staff. What about? What about? What about? And the Lord was saying, you know what? Put that aside. Restructure. And for right now, for this moment, come and sit with me. So once again, I had to realign and I had to learn to listen to that voice. I had to learn to ask a question, Lord, in this moment, in this season, am I to be hustling about? Am I to be caring for everyone else? Or am I to sit with you? And one of the things I learned is when I stepped back and I asked that if I was supposed to be hustling about and caring for everyone else, his blessings just poured out. I didn't miss anything. But if he was inviting me to come and to sit with him and just to be with him, and if I ignored that, I missed a lot and I would leave frustrated. And I think that's one of the things he was trying to say to Martha is he was saying, Martha, you, you've got your focus and what you want to do is good. You see, he didn't say he chose the, she chose a bad thing. He said, Mary discovered the better thing. And sometimes we have to choose between what looks good and what is better. What's a good idea and what's a God idea? What's a relationship and what's the God-ordained moment? And it's that leaning back and asking the Lord, stepping back, stepping out of the busyness and saying, Lord, how, the, how does this look?
So over the years, some of the other things I learned, I also remember when my kids were little and there were all sorts of demands and up during the night. And for any of you who have had young children, you know that, you know those days, every moment is taken. And I remember crying out to the Lord and saying, Lord, how do I do this in the season? How do I get time with you? And it was so interesting because through that season, he faithfully woke me up at 2 a.m. I would go sit in the closet. Literally, I would go sit in the closet so I didn't wake my husband up, turn on the light, study his word, go back to bed. The interesting thing was is if, if he was the one who had me up, if I was up at 2 a.m. to spend time with him, I wasn't tired. It didn't matter because he took care of what I needed because my day flowed out of that, that sweet time with him. Now, to be honest, if the kids had me up, I was exhausted. That was in the natural and that was what was needed. Yes, he gave me strength for that journey, but there was a marked difference between when I was up for another reason during the night or when I was spending time with him. As the kids got a little older, I actually began to run some marathons and and my practice was I would get up in the morning, I'd put on my running clothes, I would come downstairs, it was still dark out. I would spend some time with the Lord and then I would go out and run. And during that season, he took the word that I, that I dove into even just for a few minutes before I left the house. And as I was out running, that was such sweet and precious time because he would take that word and it would just begin to marinate it. And I would be talking to him and spending time with him and praying and singing. Of course, that was after I learned to run and breathe at the same time. But you understand what I'm saying. You know, God grew me into that. And that was such a sweet and precious season. And when the day came that I stopped running, it actually took me about a year and a half to find my space again, to find how to spend that quiet time, how it looked for the next season. Honestly, we tend to get comfortable in our routine. And when we enter into a new season and, and things need to shift, sometimes that involves how we spend time with the Lord, how we sit at our feet, how we maintain that constant devotional life. I've come to the conclusion that God likes change. He likes to, to rise us up. He likes to say, let's go explore doing it this way or let's do it that way. And so sometimes when I sit down with the Lord, I just have my Bible and I open up the Bible. Now for me, there's all sorts of electronic versions and I use the electronic version when I'm, when I'm studying, when I'm preparing teaching notes, that type of study. But when I'm in the Word, when it's just me and Jesus, I have, personally, I have a real Bible open in front of me. Not Well, electronic is real, but you understand what I'm saying. I'm holding the book. All right, I'm holding the book. I write in it. I put notes in it. I, I, I'll camp on a verse. I'll sit there for a while and say, Lord, what do you want to show me? I found also if I'm using some sort of a study or a devotional, for me, there's many good electronic ones. But for me, in this season, I need the hard, the hard copy. I need to be able to write. I need to be able to flip back. I need to feel. I need to touch as I spend time with the Lord. The other thing that he keeps impressing on me so much is worship, that, that praise to just, to just sit and, and be in wonder and worship him for who he is. But what I've learned over time is I have to set aside that time. It's so easy to say, well, I'm busy with the kids. That was my excuse when, you know, when my kids were young. Now it could be, I've got so much ministry to do. I have company coming over. 
there's always going to be things that we can do that will pull us away. Just as Martha was being pulled away by good, worthwhile, valuable things. But the Lord is always saying, just take some time and come away with me. I'm not one of those people who can say to you, I spend an hour a day in the Word, or I spend two hours a day in the Word. It varies. Sometimes I'm off and running, and I'll sit down with the Lord for 10 minutes. And it, that focus, that focus is so vital. You know, when Mary sat at the feet of Jesus in the Passion Translation, it says, she is undistracted. That's another key. If we want to develop a consistent devotional time, we have to remove the distractions. So with the space I'm in life right now, just a little thing, I would tend to do my devotional time in the living room and the dogs are in and out, the cat's on my lap, and my husband's got a radio going. You know, I can hear all the noise in the house. And I actually have a basement office. That's where I'm at right now as I record this. And we jokingly call it the bunker. And I realized that I had to move from upstairs out of my comfortable recliner and come down into the bunker because here it's quiet. Here I can be undistracted. Here I don't hear the radio and I don't hear, you know, things happening in the kitchen. I don't hear the dogs running around. I come down with an intentionality to be undistracted with the Lord to go wherever he wants to go, to spend time in his word, to pick up a Bible study, to read a devotional, to worship, to sing, but just to be with him. The other thing I had to do is learn to commit not to be trying to develop a teaching or a sermon in that time. That time just has to be him and I. And the other thing is taking time to listen. I came down the other day and I just, I picked up my Bible and I just put my head down on it. And I'm like, Lord, help. There was something that I was wrestling through. And he just came so sweetly at that moment. I was sitting at his feet. And I needed to listen to what he had to say. And that's another thing I think is don't rush through. That time, whether it's five minutes or whether it's two hours or whether it's a whole day or whatever in between, when we just sit in the presence of the Lord until he says, okay, we're being filled, we're being raised up, we're being trained, we're being equipped for what he's called us to do. And it can be so easy to let the good or let, let what he's called us to do, to let our purpose in life overtake that time from him. And we end up with things upside down. We have to take that time. You know, Jesus, through Scripture, we have so many examples of where Jesus went to be alone with the Father. Um, Mark 1.35 says, Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, he left the house, and he went off to a solitary place where he prayed. While it was still dark, before anyone was up, he got up, he had to leave the house, just like I have to come down to the bunker Go off to a solitary place. Where's that prayer closet where you can be raw, real, vulnerable, where you can be in love with the Lord, where everything can just flow from that? Because he needed to do that in order to have strength for what God had called him to do. Or um, 
Mark 3, 7 says Jesus withdrew with his disciples to a lake and a large crowd followed. He still, he withdrew. He went away. And sometimes we withdrew and the, we withdraw and the crowds do fi- follow. But that intentionality to get away. Or um, Luke 6 or Mark 3, it talks about Jesus went out to a mountainside to pray and spent the night praying to God. There is something about those night hours, those watch hours, spending with the Lord that's really powerful. So one of the things I want to say is ask the Lord, sit back and say, Lord, you want relationship. How does it look during this season? I've shared some things with you that I've done over the various seasons of life, and I know there'll be a shift coming ahead. And I'm going to have to ask again, okay, Lord, it's a shift of seasons. I can feel it. What do I do here? How does it look? Don't let the good that God's called you to do, your purpose in life, take away from spending time with him. Because it's interesting. We can do all the good he's called us to do and not build that relationship, not be growing in the world, word. And we don't get fed. We don't have the strength. Eventually we fall. Eventually we burn out. But when we take that time to be with him, when that becomes the primary focus, the the number one, then all else, that purpose, that destiny, the things he's called us to do, we are strengthened and it actually flows from that time with the Lord. In other words, it flows from a place of intimacy and relationship, not from a place of works. And so I just really, really want to encourage you to do that and be creative with it. Lord, how does it look? And remember, we take that. I spend those moments with him through the day in the morning. And for me, it resounds. It has ripple effects that go all through the day as I continue to talk to him and worship. And But I go about what he's called me to do. So let's just take a moment and pray. Heavenly Father, we know that there's things that we need to do. Like Martha, there's things that we need to do. There's things that need to be done. But God, like Mary, we need to sit at your feet. And we thank you that you love both Mary and Martha. Neither one was far from your heart. You were calling both of them to you. And so, Father, I pray that you would show us in this very season of life, once again, that you would show us how to sit at your feet how to consistently sit at your feet, how to dive into your word of God, how to just grow, how to hear your voice, how to increase in what you've called us to do because because it's time with you, it's that relationship. And Lord, that it would be out of that place that we go and do what you've called us to do, that we would be empowered And so, Father, for those who feel right now like their devotional time is stale, I just pray for a focus and the ability to stick with it until they see breakthrough. Because, God, you are a God of breakthrough, and you call us into intimacy, you call us into relationship. So, Lord, we just thank you for that. We just give you the praise and the glory in Jesus' name. So before I go, I just want to say one thing to those of you who just feel like your devotional time is dry, do not give up. Jump into the Psalms for a while. Grab a good devotional book. Ask the Lord for some insight. Change up. Maybe look at a different version of the Bible. I do that. I switch versions because sometimes if I read it in a different version, something comes alive that wasn't there before that I just didn't see. But whatever you do, don't give up. 
because there will be breakthrough. Have a great day. Be so blessed. And make sure you join us next week again for Real Truth with Ruth. Thank you for listening to The Real Truth with Ruth. If you like what you heard today, please visit ruthhendrickson.org for books, blogs, e-courses, and spiritual growth. You can follow Ruth on Facebook or Instagram at Ruth Hendrickson Ministries. See you next week.